This is your Worldview Minute, episode 32. I'm Jonathan Morrow. This is the Good Friday edition, where as Christians we celebrate the death of Jesus and the benefits of that to us in that dark day that is the dark night before the sunrise of Resurrection Sunday, which we'll talk about in a later podcast. But what I want to do this week is give you six quick reasons we know Jesus claimed to be God. And we'll get to that in just a second, but I hope you and your family, if you're listening to this, are staying healthy and things are going well with you uh, during this challenging time. Uh, hopefully we're starting to see a few glimmers of light in this era of COVID-19 and all the quarantine and everything like that. My hope and prayer for you is that uh, this is a time, especially around Easter, where we can lean into and celebrate uh, the risen Jesus and the hope of that. But before we get to that part, we have to go through Friday and Good Friday. And one of the questions that commonly comes up is, how do we know that Jesus claimed to be God? Critics will often point to the uh, fact that, you know, it turns out that Jesus never just clearly said, hey, I'm God. And that's uh, not really a great characterization because Jesus knew his audience. And if you're going to investigate history, you have to understand the context. And in first century Judaism, it would have made no sense for him to show up (laughs) in which they have the Ten Commandments and they say, thou shalt have no other gods before me and strict monotheism for him to say that. But there are a lot of clues from the text of the Bible of the Gospels, which are the earliest biographies of Jesus. They're actually from that genre, um, Greco-Roman biographies, that's what they're called. And they focus on the words and sayings of Jesus. And they're actually our earliest and best sources for the life, teachings, and ultimately the fate of Jesus of Nazareth. And so what I want to do is give you six quick reasons that show that Jesus claimed to be God. Now, the first thing that we know is when you read the Gospels, whether you're starting out in the Gospel of Mark, uh, probably the earliest Gospel written, we see that Jesus has the authority to announce the inauguration of the kingdom of God. What's really unique about that is he shows up on the scene saying to Israel and the long-awaited Messiah um, and all of their expectation that, hey, the kingdom of God is happening and it's coming in through me. And that shows unprecedented authority. So that's an indirect way that we know that Jesus claimed to be God. And so a second way that we know Jesus claimed to be God is his authority over disease, demons, and nature. As you read through the Gospels, one of the things you'll discover is that Jesus showed his authority by being able to heal disease, by being able to do exorcisms and remove demons, and exercised his authority over nature, like calming the wind and the storm. And that is demonstrated through his miracles. And surprisingly, and a lot of people are surprised when they learn this, that most historians recognize that Jesus was at least believed to be a miracle worker. So that's an indirect point, pointer in that direction. Next, we see Jesus' authority to speak for God in his teaching. One of the things you'll see over and over and over again probably over a hundred times in the Gospels, is you'll see Jesus say things like, you have heard it said, but I say to you. Now, why this is so powerful is during that time, Jewish 
People would appeal to precedent through rabbis and through the teachings and things like that. But Jesus shows up um, citing himself. So it's kind of like the way we do our Supreme Court. You know, they cite precedent. Jesus doesn't cite precedent. He cites himself and he teaches as one having authority. That's unique and definitely points to his claim of divine authority. Next, we see that Jesus has authority over the law and the Sabbath. And in Judaism, no one messes with the law or the Sabbath but God. And when you see those claims show up, that's an indirect claim from his words and deeds of who he thought himself to be or his self-understanding. Next, we see Jesus' authority to forgive sins. If you've got a Bible, read Mark chapter 2 sometime, and what you'll find is a remarkable story where he claims to be able to forgive sins, but then he, which is an invisible claim, right? They couldn't see it in the moment. He says, hey, your sins are forgiven, but how would they know that? So what he does is he demonstrates that by doing a miracle, hey, rise, get up, and walk, and that authenticates that as well. But the people in the audience knew clearly who Jesus was claiming to be in that moment because only God can forgive sins because they basically recognized that, recognized that as blasphemy and took up stones uh, to stone him in that regard. So that's his authority to forgive sins. And then lastly, another uh, indirect claim that we see is Jesus' authority over the final judgment. That's pretty exalted authority for him to go, hey, you know what? Your eternal destiny in your relationship with God depends on me. And so as you read through the Gospels as historical documents, yes, they're the Word of God. Yes, they're the inspired, inerrant, um, infallible Word of God. But they're also at least historical documents. And as we engage our friends and family, especially during this time when people might be spiritually open, what we can do is we can show them from these gospel uh, accounts in these earliest biographies, these indirect claims about who Jesus claimed to be. Because if he really was those things, then the resurrection confirms and authenticates it. One last little thing about this. Jesus had a really high self-understanding of who he claimed to be and claiming that divine authority. And there's a passage recorded in Mark in which it says, And Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. So on this Good Friday, we see that Jesus predicted his resurrection. He said, look, these things have to happen. In one sense, people didn't crucify Jesus. Jesus laid down his life, even though the chief scribes and leaders were behind that. Those were the human authors of what was going on there in those last days of Jesus. But this was the plan all along so that Jesus could set us free from our sin. As Peter, one of the apostles, would later say in his gospel of first, or his uh, epistle of first Peter, he said, look, Jesus bore our sins in his body on the tree. He was our substitute. He died in our place. And so if he was raised from the dead, then God accepts that payment. God accepts that sacrifice. And you can go back to a previous podcast um, in your Worldview Minute where we talk about the importance of substitutionary atonement. But as we reflect on that this Good Friday, I want you to recognize that the connection of the resurrection event 
to the claims of Jesus is a very important historical connection that we need to make. So as we reflect on that ourselves and as we share the good news with others, I hope these brief lines of evidence give you some encouragement and also some good talking points to share the identity of Jesus, because if the resurrection happened, that really does change everything. Now it's time for the quote of the week segment. I like to include some powerful quotes from insightful church historians, theologians, authors uh, along the way that are hopefully an encouragement to you. One of my favorites comes from Knowing God by J.I. Packer, which is a classic book. If you haven't read it, definitely recommend it. But here's one of my favorite quotes from J.I. Packer. What were we made for? To know God. What aim should we set ourselves in life? To know God. What is the eternal life that Jesus gives? Knowledge of God. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. John 17, 3. Packer continues, What is the best thing in life bringing more joy, delight, and contentment than anything else? Knowledge of God. My hope for you as we think about these things on Good Friday is to reflect on the fact that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection makes it possible to know God and have eternal life. Well, now it's time for the Life During the Quarantine segment where we're all trying to figure things out and a few fun things and some maybe some resources that are helpful to you or your family or your kids during this time. Uh, on the last podcast, um, I was sharing how we were trying to get rid of wasps and we're inundated by those right now. They're still around, knocked down a hornet's nest since, and there are caterpillars everywhere now as well. So that's going on. That's a thing. My zebra cakes are still magically disappearing. I got two boxes at the grocery store this past week when I ordered those. I think I got one pack. Um, so those magically keep disappearing. I don't know about you around your house if your snacks magically disappear. I do think parents should probably um, you know, find a secret compartment to house our snacks that we can access maybe a thumbprint or a retinal scan or something like that. So that way we're able to uh, only access those things when we need to. But a few resources that might be helpful uh, during this time. One, especially given Holy Week and the time that we're in, Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday is coming, uh, Resurrection Letters by Andrew Peterson. You can find that on Apple Music or Spotify or uh, Rabbit Room or Andrew Peterson's website. Andrew Peterson's one of my all-time favorite artists, um, love those albums and the powerful uh, songwriting, the storytelling, the substantive lyrics. Um, just really appreciate all the talent that Andrew Peterson brings to that. So definitely check out Resurrection Letters um, to play around the house uh, this Easter weekend. Um, also on a fun family movie idea, uh, one of the movies we watched recently because we have an age range uh, right now from, from 7 all the way up to almost 15 you know, it's sometimes a challenge to find movies that everybody might enjoy. Um, and so uh, Dolphin Tale was one that we watched recently and enjoyed uh, together as we're making foods. It's kind of fun. Uh, different people are making uh, different things around the house these days, experimenting with recipes or trying to figure things out uh, during this time and being creative. So hopefully those are some ideas that will give you uh, some resources. Another resource 
that I want to encourage you uh, to check out is a video uh, produced by Impact 360 Institute called Who Was Jesus? You can find that on YouTube, and that will explore some of these claims as well. Well, thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. That way you'll get a brand new episode whenever I publish one. Also, you can follow me on social media at Jonathan underscore Morrow on Twitter and at Jonathan Morrow Media on Facebook. And really helpful if you can give me a five-star review on iTunes that helps it in the algorithm get played more and out in front of more people. As always, find more resources to help the next generation build a lasting faith at jonathanmorrow.org. This has been your Worldview Minute.